So the metaverse is actually the technology called the financial, the physical framework, which allows both the online and offline worlds to exist, to coexist, and to interact seamlessly. That includes the necessary rules and protocols for this to happen. Okay, so it has been defined as the next internet, the next big thing. We've had many, many articles and publications. It has been, over the past two or three weeks, the big topic. It has been the big thing. Still, even if I only look at the memes, could it just be actually a trial by Facebook to divert from whistleblowing, from the questions asked by the American Senate? Okay, so that's always possible. I, I don't deny it. At the very least, we can all agree that there is certainly tactics involved. However, I think that the topic stands on its own merit, in and by itself. And if it makes headlines, with or without the Facebook uh, stories and the Facebook criticism, without the trolling, I think that this is a critical enough topic to actually share with you today. First and foremost, why, why bother about it at all, actually? Well, we talk about enormous money. We talk about a timeline which is not only our own generation, but probably will carry on for the, the at least the coming century. And finally, I think it is also important to define what it is by defining what it's not. So either you are already fed up with uh, the amount of buzzword, uh, and the amount <clears throat> of hype you hear about the metaverse. And in this case, I would like to share with you why I think it's really important. Or you are already convinced, you, you absolutely see through uh, the smoke and actually understand how critical it is. Well, I can share with you how I personally see it so that we can compare notes, basically. So three points. I think that number one, we talk about big money and big money now. We talk about big money now, but we talk also about a long timeline. We talk about something which will impact all of our cultures, our lives, our economies, our countries for the coming century at the very least. Finally, I think it is important to not only define this as a kind of interesting technical definition, but to see beyond the technology itself, to see beyond the tech messages here. But first and foremost, we obviously talk about big money. We talk about big money in stock valuations. We talk about big money in overall revenues, but as well, average revenue per user, the famous RPU or cash flow. We in the metaverse are already seeing big bucks. It is powered either by direct spending, but also indirect spending. And especially, in my opinion, the revenue of the future, which is subscription-based. True, okay. And this is why we hear about it as examples. This is mainly still in the gaming space. But whether you are looking at the actual revenues, but also the progression of the revenues of something like Fortnite from uh, Epic Games, this is something which has to do not only with the direct subscription spend, the indirect subscription spend as well, for example, everything that has to be franchised, but as well the derived revenue in something which is crossovers from many other IPs, such as, for example, the DC Comics IPs with Batman and so on and so forth. This is something which actually 
is used, I think, as a, as a quick introduction to the metaverse, correctly, but incorrectly, if this is presented as the metaverse. Similarly, not only in the existing revenue, but in the future revenue, and namely on the flotation, we see more and more and more companies tagged metaverse companies. Truth be told, end of August, actually the Chinese government supposedly has intervened on the metaverse companies. To be honest, at, the, at this point of time, personally, I think that except if you have no digital footprint, anyone can say that he is either part of the metaverse, building the metaverse, or a metaverse company. The difficulty would be actually not to be part of this metaverse, given the current circumstances. So beyond the immediate valuations of companies, beyond the turnover made, beyond the RPU, beyond the cash flow, behind the different ways of spending money in the metaverse, I think that the core importance of this topic lies in its timeline. The timeline is not five years, it's not 10 years, it's not a century. It may be a core fundamental change in the way we interact with our world, within our world. Five ways this will actually impact all of what we are doing. Number one, it will become invisible, exactly like the cloud. We won't anymore have these logins, these ins, these outs, and these physical barriers between the different multiverses. The second thing is that it will mesh, per definition, truly global aspects and truly micro aspects. Third, the metaverse is omnipresent, is ubiquitous. We will move from something which is a passive infrastructure, like the cloud, to something which is active, a no-sphere. The information will be freely exchanged and interact with each other. Finally, the metaverse is not a static status. The metaverse will allow several different layers and levels of immersion. So let's take all of these topics one by one. So first and foremost, the metaverse will become, per definition, invisible. Do you remember a couple of years back when the infrastructure, the IT infrastructure, was not invisible? Remember all the discussions about fiber optics and where to put them in the ground or not, whether to hang them in the street or not, and where they could reach or not. Well, very few people are actually interested in fiber optics right now. Nevertheless, compared to a couple of years back, it continues to be a topic of critical importance. Whether the cables are oceanic or not, you still have breaks every single day. Unfortunately, we do have the engineers to repair them and allow this wonderful global internet to keep on communicating. However, each of these components of our current internet do not come anymore in this kind of fragmented picture which we used to have. Remember when we were buying a Wi-Fi router and a modem and cables and, and, and. Little by little, with the deployment of uh, air waves such as Wi-Fi, we are losing the view, we are losing the sight of the practical infrastructure we have around the internet. The metaverse will become the same. The performance of each and every single component will become obviously better, obviously faster, which means more and more and more invisible, more and more and more seamless. Uh, 
basically what it means for us as individuals is that we will become willing or not more and more integrated into that metaverse infrastructure we won't have any more to plug in and plug out so what we will have to define is not where we want to go but what we want to be secondly i'm convinced that this will mesh truly global aspects and truly micro local aspects let me share a little bit with you about that in an extremely newtonian movement you will have a development at both ends of the spectrum. Obviously, the metaverse will have to define the relative value within it of everything we do. Basically, the items, the time, the individual. If there is no such definition, let's, let's take things extraordinarily, factually, pragmatically on the lowest end of the discussion. How would you optimize broadband speed? How would you optimize communication speed? If you do not know how to prioritize information, how to prioritize items and or individuals, is it better to exchange goods or to have people talking to each other? That is the kind of very practical decisions, which means that you will have to actually establish protocols. And as you can see, both on the global side, as much as on the micro side, macro as much as micro. So, obviously, this will have a Newtonian effect, both on the globalization. The globalization at the moment is not yet there. We are still discovering, for example, K-pop. Korean pop is massive in Asia since many, many years, but we are slowly getting up to speed with it only now. Think about Squid Games. Yes, we did know basically the, um, the Korean pop singers, but we did not know for most of us in the West about the wealth of the Korean movies. We knew about Hong Kong, we knew about Taiwan, we knew about Japan, we did not know yet about South Korea. That is just one example of what will happen to all the IPs, franchises and content. Fundamentally, what you see happening with Marvel, who used to be, let's be honest, 40 years ago, Marvel was rather marginal on the global scale. In the US, it was fantastically known and one of the, of the biggest IP, but not so much in Western Europe, but in a very specialized environment. On the other end, in Western Europe, you had a huge IP, such as, for example, Games Workshop, which actually became global only very recently, let's say over the 10, 10 15 years. This will continue and this will be held, this will be accelerated by this metaverse by creating actually interchangeable values. Without this, you will continue to have actually fragmented environment. Think about does it still make sense to have an Apple TV with its own system and infrastructure, a Netflix system with its own infrastructure, and an Amazon system with its own infrastructure. Ultimately, all the parts and parcels will carry each other, all the parts and parcels will interlock seamlessly to create a new business model. I'm certain of it. But it means as well that you will have global brands which actually will have to create a global narrative which they don't have at the moment. At the moment, a company is yet Chinese or French or Russian or American. But tomorrow, they will have to go beyond these legacies and transcend these to actually go beyond the limitation they do have to carry a true 
universal promise, to put it simply. At the very same time, we as individuals are getting used more and more and more to individualized content, to individualized service. Think about door-to-door -door delivery. Think about a couple of months back, no more than two years back. Basically, same-week delivery was, in many countries, still quite an achievement. Then it became same-day delivery. And now we already see in China live two hours delivery. Where will that go if the services do not follow up on this hyper-personalization? Think about, are you going to spend half a day waiting for a servicing company to rescrew, rebolt, re-energize your energy box outside of your house? Not, probably not. The metaverse can give us this impression of total integration as much as this impression of total personalization. We already have that. Switch on to any of the services you are following online. Switch on to any of the social media you are following online. We already live, if you want, if you prefer, like in a massively multiplayer online game. Basically, we choose our avatars. Simply, we do tend to prioritize one of them, saying this is my real avatar. Second, second point, so macro-environment, micro-environment, both progressing forward. This is critical because the third point, that is the omnipresence of the metaverse, will be a given. By nature, it is ubiquitous, so it's accessible right now everywhere. Imagine that you are paying by contactless card, you are part of a metaverse. You are exchanging values over a network, and these values are goods versus money. This is basically what you are doing in an MMO. There is no exchanges of coins. There is no exchanges of physical grids. You don't even shake hands with people. No need for a mask. I'm obviously pushing a little bit the envelope here, but this is just to tell you that this metaverse will become invisible, will become global, will become personalized, and will become omnipresent. What will it create? Well, so far, not anything new. Tomorrow, quite different. I think it will create what can be called actually a noosphere, which is kind of a world of information. To simplify, imagine the end of the movie The Matrix. For those of you who have not seen it yet, I would say, um, the hero suddenly realizes that everything around him is information. And instead of saying rendered AI, that is 3D people with actually the shape and the, the, the smell and the texture of an individual, he sees everything as a calculation, essentially symbolized by green lines, by green vector lines. Tomorrow, with the evolutions of both hardware, software, as well as interfaces, and obviously AI, the metasphere will become more and more and more pervasive, which means that it will reach beyond its physical limitations. I think that it will influence our options by giving us the different uh, possible decisions, the possible different choices. Obviously, not all choices will be equal. Again, we'll uh, establish some priorities. But technology helping, this means that we will have at our disposal a reactive environment, a noosphere. 
a world where information flows around us and can be interacted with, not through a, a portal, not through a gate, simply around us quite naturally and quite easily. Think about it. At the moment, we pretty much see, smell, feel, understand the world through five animal senses. These are five senses which we were given and which make the world around us. If you're colorblind, well, you already miss a little bit of this information. Again, this is nothing different than the senses which will be available through the metaverse. Think about an interactive plan. Think about the impact, for example, of touch screens on your driving. Tomorrow, we will move through these multiple universes, these multiverses, through different sensors, through new sensors which will be offered to us. Literally, this potentially can redefine humanity. I do understand the reaction of people when you talk about brain chipping, that is putting chips in your brains, but as well, do we react the same when we understand that actually the brain is nothing else than an electric box with actually um, exchanges, electrical exchanges, which make up we think, our thoughts. We are still not sure. The most important point, however, in my opinion, is that this metaverse will offer different choices of immersion. And this is where our own choice will come in. Not that we will define the tool, that we will refuse the tool, but we will choose to use it in different ways. These different degrees of immersion will be defined either by choice, personal choice, or by law. If the impact on the community is too big to be considered. Why? Well, everything I've just discussed, that is that the, the metaverse will be invisible, that the metaverse will mesh seamlessly both global aspects and personalized aspects. I think that the metaverse will be totally omnipresent and will create a sphere of information, a noosphere, which will be reactive to our input. If this is a two-way street, this means that I can, as much as I will, decide what I want to relinquish. We talked about ultra-human uh, senses. So, for example, if I've got five sense senses, uh, essentially, how can I apprehend a sixth one? Will I have to relinquish one? How much of my personal individuality will be part of that metaverse? How much information will I release? As a, as a true example, what will define an individual in this metaverse? What part of the individual will be an interesting part of the metaverse of not? This is where most of the catastrophic scenario we've seen actually in science fiction come from. Think about the Terminator. Think about um, Ready Player One. Think about all of the apocalyptic worlds where actually AI, machines, the system, the matrix takes over. This is because we are frightened, quite logically, about the level of humanity we are ready to relinquish. And for each and every single one of us, this is a highly philosophical question. This is a highly personal answer. Again, we could decide to reply to it as a society, as a culture, as a religion, as a philosophy. That's fine. But this is the level of the debate we need to have. For me, the answer will probably be different levels of immersions accepted by the individual. Each level of immersion will have, naturally, will have logically different layers of reward. 
That is what will be discussed. I always like to take this example. This is the example of the Amish Society. And as we know, the Amish Society decided that the pre-power engine, the pre-19th century society, was the closest to the Bible and hence relinquished any and every single technological um, uh, development, technological progress. Well, not so much. Actually, there is even tables which tell you which Amish society agrees on which technological um, progress. And why? Because, well, everybody has got to make a living and, and ultimately when a job is just repetition and endless repetition, maybe it's not necessary to actually um, do it forever by hand, as an example. So, what fascinated me, for example, is what is the role of communication? If I want to talk to the street, uh, the, the house in the next street, not a problem, I, I walk over and this is what Amish is all about, that is community communication and face-to-face. This is highly re, uh, responsible. This is highly recommendable. This is not some kind of weird idea, in my opinion. However, obviously, the practicalities of it is if I want to talk to another Amish society, what can I do? Well, I can go over there, but it's not always practical. So the hypocritical answer then is to get a non-Amish person to actually pass a phone call, which is exactly what happens now. Same goes for social media if I want my personal brand to get a little bit more known to sell more milk or to sell more butter i can go on tiktok and there, there is actually um, an amish uh, tiktoker uh, which is actually uh, pushing forward the, the values of the community that that's fair enough but as you can see these sets of rules these tools actually can only be <clears throat> defined by the degree of immersion the degree uh, actually of participation which we as individuals agree on Five topics, five elements of the metaverse tomorrow, which will define humanity. This is why I don't think this is a flavor of the month or FOTM topic. I think that the debate on the multiverse is what will define us tomorrow. So yeah, pretty much the metaverse for me will not only be a techie discussion tomorrow. It's not only about techs, about uh, 3D goggles, about whether it is VR or AR. This goes much further. So just to, to, to get a point across, right? A quick question for you. All right. So today, towards your network, do you actually look like the picture you forgot to update on LinkedIn? Or do you look like the holiday pic which you put on Facebook? Do actually the people react to you on Facebook and LinkedIn in the same way? Do you want them to? So what about... Instagram, for example, the monthly curated, uh, photoshopped, filtered Insta picture you put there. Is that you? Not to be too personal. Is your Tinder profile you? Does it actually look even like the person you see in the mirror in the morning without your glasses on? Well, in a word, do you look like you? That seems maybe a bit far-fetched, a bit philosopher, but... Obviously, for me, you are all of them simultaneously. You are, they are all of your avatars, which you want to interface with the real world, your circle, your professional circle, your friendship circle, your family, and so on and so forth. You are actually simultaneously existing in each and every single one of these universes at the same time, concurrently. And this does not always require that you are logged on. 
actually most of these profiles are static while you're away. So we know more or less what it will be, but if you read a lot of the recent articles or watch a lot of the recent TV programs, watch on YouTube, read interviews, read newspapers, read specialist magazines, you realize that there is not many definitions out there. A lot of analogies, a lot of metaphors, fair enough. However, analogies and metaphors can be extremely misleading. So let me share with you how I, as a user of technology, an enthusiast, to be very frank, uh, an analyst by, by trade, and I think a fairly adequate online gamer, I would like to share with you my definition of the metaverse and especially what it will not be. Why? Because analogies can actually lead you down really misleading paths. So, the philosopher Jean Baudrillard defined actually the modern experience of living in simultaneous realities, hyper-reality. However, personally, I think that differentiating between a real and another, which means a, a non-real world, is extremely misleading currently. Again, if you pay for credit card, for game cards uh, in your local 7-Eleven, you are buying with real money on real time, and so on and so forth. So, essentially, this is why I defined actually that life, that reality, a una reality. Okay, the experience, if you want, of seamless multiverses authorized, allowed to exist by the current metaverse. Neither hyper reality nor una reality are the metaverse. So it's not the experience itself. Okay, it is neither the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things is on the other side of the spectrum. This is a pure exchange of information between appliances. This is an information protocol to actually exchange information and allow the individual to optimize the group, to optimize its surroundings. You would not define actually life by listing the amount of planets our galaxy has. You would not define a life by listing all the cities, nor a country, nor a, a list of your relatives. So defining the metaverse by a list of software companies, defining the, 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 the hardware uh, style uh, which, uh, which makes up the metaverse, or even the stocks which make up the metaverse. You've got a, a, a metaverse Nasdaq, for example. Um, it's not a definition. This is a list of products, companies, items that actually belong to or are related to. Taking another example. So, for example, take your family WhatsApp group. Okay, It is allowed by, to exist by Meta, Facebook. Okay, so basically, how long you can uh, you can talk, how many people it can hold, what are the topics you can discuss, and so on and so forth, are underpinning actually your WhatsApp group. Your WhatsApp group, however, and however active it may be, is not the metaverse. It's not a metaverse. This is a universe in and by itself that it's allowed by Meta. And further, Meta is allowed to actually interact with you through an infrastructure, through protocols, through rules, for example, of communication which constitute actually the metaverse. Another example, which is very often taken, is the cross-platform franchises. And the fact that, for example, you can play uh, DC Comics, Batman, 
to be uh, to be direct uh, batman in fortnite fair this is a part of what the metaverse can allow by exchanging seamlessly actually values across the different universes across the different multi-universes but this fact alone is not the metaverse as such this is not the purpose of the metaverse as a priority as much as i could be looking uh, to whip out a bfg or big f gun for uh, some of you okay to nuke a dragon in final fantasy this is not how i would define the metaverse the metaverse for me is not fortnite it's not roblox whichever way they call themselves you just have to log on to to realize and to see directly for yourself that one is kind of a arena game which allows a lot of different dimensions of interplay and of interactions you've got uh, the game mode you've got the battle royale mode you've got the, the collaborative mode you do have events within within the fortnite uh, universe on the other hand you can pretty much create whatever you want uh, in roblox nevertheless this is not a metaverse this is at best a multiverse in a word the metaverse is not second life however you want to uh, pitch it however you want to reskin it um, i think that calling up on uh, ancient news and to recycle old headlines is quite nice to 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 anchor the uh, the event into a, a certain reality but it's also reducing what is going on both fortnite and roblox which are generally you will find in every single article about the metaverse are both titans of the digital real estate both are extraordinarily successful so first and foremost fortnite from epic's game the revenue is impressive okay five billion in 2020 the the community is massive the progression is enormous we've got around 80 million active users that means four million users per day okay uh, it sells tons of merchandise just pop down your local 7-eleven or your newspaper stand you will see ton of sticker books you will see tons of of uh, keychains whatever you name it they have it so they do have this real life traction they do have this real life presence okay pop in the game and buy the latest batman skin or or banana skin or whatever you want not a problem at all okay for itself roblox has got 160 million players what does it mean or well, it means that the roblox country is bigger than the russia country as as a comparison okay roblox itself outlived and succeeded where someone no other than lego actually decided to throw the gauntlet okay are they global though yes half of the kids in america play roblox so what okay uh, don't misunderstand me i really love these games i really love games in general and 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 Hence, I can measure the success of both Fortnite, Roblox, as well as, let's say, Overwatch or, or World of Warcraft and so on. They have enormous monetization credentials. They can sell times. There is no question they can create addictive environments like Meta, actually, or Facebook, as you prefer to call it. Yes, there are online concerns and crossovers. Ariana Grande has got games in roblox and skins in in uh, in um, fortnite no question about it let's be honest here if you're a gamer 
you probably were with me in 2008 in Brie and playing concerts in Lord of the Rings online. You saw probably in 2007 the advertisements of Mr. T and the avatars which were created for Mr. T, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Ozzy Osbourne. And guess what? This is not from yesterday. We are talking about something which is 15 plus years old. So having Ariana Grande or real life stars perform is definitely, definitely great. But this is not in and per itself a revolution. Let's come back to the numbers now. Let's take 10 million onliners or 150 onliners. Let, let's be honest here. This is a fraction. This is a, a pebble in the sea of the number of people actually using even face recognition, touch cards, or NFC, near field communications phones. Think about online money in Africa, for example. Think about the amount of people who are actually paying on an hourly, on a, on a minute-by-minute -minute basis through credit cards right now. And you do know that the penetration of these cards is low. You do know that even M-Pesa and so on still have a lot of ground to cover. We are barely touching the numbers, the, the surface, sorry, in terms of numbers. So in the end of the day, what we can say here is that the technology is leaking what we would call let's let's be let's let's be agreeing that there is a bright future let's call it a proto metaverse what we are missing at the moment is truly global multiverses we have so far multiverses which are slightly reaching into different types and different pockets of culture this is why i think that when we think about gaming companies entering the metaverse all for it but if I want somebody who is able to talk across multiple cultures, across multiple platforms, across multiple solutions, with still an extremely strong creative line, with extremely strong rules, and the ability to actually create these parallel universes, I would probably invite on board somebody like Sid Meier from uh, Civilization, or the guys from EVE Online, beyond the Epic Games, beyond even Blizzard, beyond the guys from Roblox. However, obviously, I do understand that it has to start somewhere. So stop me whenever I'm starting to say something which you have heard again and again and again and again over the last uh, two weeks since uh, mid-September. I truly don't think that the metaverse is a question of 3D or AR or VR or optic suit or, or whichever uh, for the environment we know about today. It is not simply these immersive technologies which create a metaverse or even a multiverse. Yes, we can, on a very low-level philosophical uh, analysis, say that uh, these virtual environments exist because they compensate for a disappointing so uh, society or reality. We all know about otakus, we all know about all the analyses since the 80s about the Dungeons & Dragons world replacing disappointing realities. However, it is extremely disappointing to hear the same examples, let's put it in a, in a very nice way, presented again and again and again as the metaverse, and even Mark Z himself doing a presentation and introduction of the metaverse by peddling essentially we avatars 
in a business meeting is kind of 2003 Second Life IBM meetings. I do the research, IBM virtual Second Life meetings, and you will see that this is nothing new and pretty much looks actually the same. Okay. So the other way to look at it is maybe don't take my judgment for, for granted and, and measure it, take facts. When was the last time you, you did use 3D glasses in front of your TV? Never? Well, once I went to Las Vegas, this was the product of the future and everybody would be sitting on its couch with their 3D glasses looking at the fantastic 3D TVs. Fair enough. Uh, first and foremost, why would you be sitting on the couch with 3D glasses? But okay, let's not get into too many details. Let's look at actual figures. What are the sales of Oculus? Apparently, according to, uh, to research, according to their own uh, publications, it's around 8 million. You remember when we said that 150 million was great, but not fantastic? 8 million is even less. How many vibrating shares were sold? You, you remember these chairs which move when, uh, when you're playing a first-person shooter and when you get shot, actually, the chair is actually vibrating. Well, there is even better. You could actually wear a vest, and the vest simulates the impact of a gun. Fantastic. It's even better than to have actually a flag jacket. Well, the sales speak for themselves. No, the metaverse is not an aptic suit. The metaverse is not an immersive technology, however credible and however realistic it is. So hold on a second, Pascal, you are telling us that actually you are not looking forward or you are not interested in or you, you don't want any kind of immersive experience that you think actually that VR and 3D and so on is, is useless? No, this is absolutely not what I'm saying, on the very contrary. But what I'm saying is that I do not reduce the metaverse to immersive experiences through skin suits. Well, yes, in Ready Player One, we saw that the players access their avatars through full experience haptic suits. And for some of us, it was really a revelation. It was fantastic. It was some kind of magical element. This was actually, for me, not so much the key novelty in the movies. Actually, the suits look bulky. It requires kind of a safe environment. It, it shuts you down from the real world. All in all, it sounds pretty much like an experience I would not want to have. I tried with 3D goggles. I, I really feel uncomfortable with them. But I'm pretty sure that tomorrow there will be kind of a holodeck solution, like in Star Trek, which will be possible. This I look forward to. Now, the key novelty element of Ready Player One is in the fact that the heroes, here Parsifal and H, can actually walk through works, can actually carry on through worlds. Items, quests, think about the final scene where everybody in their own avatars from their own franchises, from their own IPs, come to fight together. And again, let's not reduce it to a gaming environment. The metaverse is enabling you to seamlessly switch between your different realities. And again, I know that the, uh, the slapstick example given for the metaverse is it will... Actually, it will be about you bringing your banana skin avatar into a, a, a meeting with your colleagues. Honestly speaking, do you want your colleagues to share your world right now? Do you want your colleagues to come and pop up in your Fortnite channel? I, I'm not so sure. Depends, of course, but not so sure. Let's put it like that. So actually, 
what is fascinating in Ready Player One is the seamlessness of it all, the fact that this is enabled by what I call the metaverse. The metaverse is like gravity. Furthermore, if the metaverse would be reduced to some kind of interfaces, to some kind of mechanical or technological, even uh, potentially hyper-technological interface, fine. But this is nothing new then. Then this is something which we know for the last 15 or 20 years. We, we had Total Recall, we had Gamer, we had Upload, we had Star Trek even before that. So yes, I know it sounds slightly magical again and again and again, but it's actually not. Let's be frank, okay? Let's take a step back here. Are you wearing a smartwatch? Are you checking on it how much you walk per day? Does it tell you whether or not you are healthy? Well, where and how is this information collected, stored, processed, compiled, sent back? And who is using it before you? As we know that they are already right now, today, without any kind of magical, uh, supernatural, science fiction-y uh, metaverse, some health companies actually condition your health uh, premiums to you wearing a smartwatch to, uh, to actually check what you are doing. So if you carry a smartwatch, congratulations, you do have already a digital interface with a multiverse, with another universe where you exist as your insurance premium. So for me, the metaverse is the set of rules and tools that build actually the fabric of these simultaneous multiverses into which we as individuals live. This is no individual part. And if I want to use analogies, fine, but I've got to say that it goes beyond it. It is a technological, financial, and physical framework which allows all online and offline worlds and experience to exist, coexist, and seamlessly interact. That includes the rules, and the protocols that govern it. Ultimately, the metaverse cannot be, should not be limited to some sketchily understood game environment or technologies. This is truly too important to major in our current world to be reduced to some kind of Grand Theft Auto plus Minecraft, or even Roblox or Fortnite. All of these examples are generally taken because it seems easy to understand or easier to understand because our kids or our nephew or even our roommate has spent too much time playing it. We may even be tempted to use something like Animal Crossing or The Sims to describe it because this is what we played and sometimes played too much like during lockdown. The word metaverse sounds intriguing enough and, and I think it is quite rightly so because it will ultimately define our future reality, not in the sense that it will happen tomorrow, but in the sense that it will evolve. And this will mean we will define in it the place of individuals, the place of you, the my place. It will be truly sad, in my opinion, that we pass by such a potential and link it to a meme or a weird topic or just some hype or buzzword. It is potentially a marvel to redefine reality as we understand it, quite simply. We may not look at it 
And in this case, it will be a fabric which will be led actually by the few. Whichever way the metaverse is, whether Facebook calls itself meta or not.